In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Braves have landed their frontline starter, but he's got some big ifs. You know, we like him when he's out on, on the mound. We love the makeup and, and the person and what he brings to the clubhouse. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter, Justin Toscano, here to kick off 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, Justin, here I am minding my own business just before New Year's Day, getting ready to watch Georgia beat FSU by 60 whole points. And hey, the Braves have traded for a seven-time All-Star. You know what? Um, I was going to be watching that game, but let's let's give a thank you to Alex Anthopoulos right now for uh, <laughs> for letting me avoid that bloodbath. I was, you know, I was excited. I, I watched the UGA games. Uh, I didn't need to this time. My three hours were much better spent uh, covering a Chris Sale trade, which really has been one of the was one of the more surprising and probably one of the biggest moves of the offseason in baseball in general. Um, so that one came as a shock, uh, but mostly because it was a creative idea that Alex had cooking up that, like a lot of his other moves, nobody saw coming. Um, so it's interesting, and let's dig into it. All right, so coming up, we will dig into all aspects of the trade. Justin will break it down, and we'll talk about, you know, really, does, does Chris Sale have much left? Is he really worth it when he's actually on the mound? What Vaughn, What is Vaughn Grissom's future? Is this team set now? And we've got some of the answers to your questions in the Ask Justin segment. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome aboard. And please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. All right, Alex Anthopoulos, you get the first word here. We all know that uh, Chris Sale used to be great. And he can't stay healthy. So why'd you do this deal? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously we reviewed the medical and uh, our medical staff felt good about it. Um, but look, his health history, and, and I understand that that's going to be a topic. But, you know, we like him when he's out on, on the mound. And um, we love the makeup and, and the person and what he brings to the clubhouse. And you know, we think he's a, a playoff caliber starter. And that's what we were in the, mar- in the market for if we could acquire that this offseason. Uh, someone that we felt could start playoff games for us. And, um, you know, we'll make sure to uh, do what we can to keep him on, on the mound, and we'll we'll get to know him. And I think like we've done with a lot of our guys. Um, we've done a good job getting guys right between starts and so on. And, you know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, that's something that we'll just evaluate as time goes on as we get to know him. You know, a lot of times after Alex Anthopoulos makes, makes a trade, it seems like it's an obvious win for the Braves. Is this one? Yes, uh, and because there are certain parameters, 
you need to put on this move uh, that we'll discuss throughout this podcast, Jay. Um, but usually it is a clear win. This one, not so much because it it could backfire because of Chris Sale's health history. He didn't pitch much from 2020 uh, through 2022. He made 20 starts last year. Um, but I think it's a win. And let me give you just a gauge quickly of the parameters here. The Braves, as we'll get into, Jay, aren't going to be paying him a lot. Um, in that way, there's no risk. Chris Sale will not be a frontline starter for them. They don't need him to be a frontline starter. There's no buyout on the deal for that club option next year. Um, and then really, he's got postseason experience. He's a veteran. I, I like it. I mean, they didn't, to me, giving up Grissom isn't giving up nothing. But also, I don't know that Grissom had a future in the, or, you know, in just in terms of on the 26-man roster, a defined role for the next season or two at least. I mean, I think they could have found him at bats if they really wanted to do that. But I just think that this was a bullet they were going to use eventually um, in terms of their top position player prospect, uh, most major league ready position player prospect in that system um, that they traded. I think it's a win because I think when you dig into the context and you dig into the parameters and you dig into what Chris Sale has done when he's been on the mound, what he did last year, that was a little bit encouraging. Um, and I just really think that I don't know that the Braves are giving up a lot here, but uh, let's let's go into it. What what angle you want to take this one from first? Well, what is encouraging about a hundred innings and a four point three ERA? The fact that he, I mean, that he pitched them right because twenty twenty Tommy John surgery. You know, twenty one twenty two had a you know had a couple more issues, including a fractured rib cage. I think it was. Look, last year he was still on the IL with I think it was like a you know a shoulder thing. Um, a stress reaction, I believe, is was the exact term that the Red Sox used at the time. Um, and he was still pretty good. Like, were his strikeout numbers in terms of the strikeout rate up to the Chris Sale perennial AL Cy Young contender we used to know? No, but they weren't super far off. He still got some swing and miss. He still got some chase. He climbed back up kind of toward his track record, I, I should say. And then, you know, of course, showed the ability to pitch 100 innings. Now, he's not going to need to be Max Fried. He's not going to need to be Spencer Strider. I don't know that he's even going to need to be Charlie Morton. I think you can view Charlie Morton and Chris Sale as, as maybe one like the other, right? Like, I think if you get decent performances, a four ERA out of both those guys, like, you're probably, that's that's probably pretty decent. Like, you'd like, you know, in the threes, obviously, but... You would also like everybody to have a sub three. So, it, I, I mean, I do think that there are encouraging things, especially because, look, like the Braves didn't take on 50 to $60 million left of this guy's contract. Like they didn't take on money, you know, paid to a frontline guy. Like that that's not who Chris Sale is at this point. At this point, he's a veteran. At this point, they hope he can stay healthy because they believe enough in the stuff. They believe enough in the makeup. They believe enough in the ability on the mound that when he is healthy, he's going to give them consistent starts. Uh, and one line that I think uh, I keyed in on a little bit that that Alex used, whether I, I know he's always, you know, pretty good and, you know, careful about what he says to the media and that there a lot of things come with a purpose. I don't know, if, you know, if this did, but just that I keyed in on was he said that this was a guy, Chris Sale was a guy who had postseason experience. 
He was a postseason starter, um, and that's what they were. The Braves, you know, Alex said, is that's what they were looking for if, in the market if they could get one was a postseason caliber starting pitcher, um, and so he's that too. Like he's had postseason experience. He's won a World Series. He started Game One of a World Series, um, and so I think there's a lot to like here because I don't, I don't think that it comes with a ton of risk, uh, and I think what we really need to keep in mind, Jay, is is kind of the pitching market, right? the starting pitching market to this point, Aaron Nola, almost $25 million a year. You, we know which, you know, Shohei Otani, though he won't be pitching, um, and, and Yamamoto got from the Dodgers. Um, and then you look at Eduardo Rodriguez is, you know, $20 million, you know, a year. And then Sonny Gray's AAV is 24-5, um, you know, around 25. So, I, I mean, if you really look at this starting pitching market, the fact that the Braves got Chris Sale for so cheap, um, I – I think is a win and maybe not cheap. Like that's the money they're going to be paying. You have to consider the hit on losing Von Grissom and what he might become. Uh, but I guess, I guess Jay, like to explain the, the math on this, should we get into that next? Like what they're actually going to be paying for this guy? Like you tell me what direction we need to go. Cause I, I think there's a lot of sides to this that I do think it was a very creative, you know, in a positive way deal for the Braves. Let's um, you you did uh, let, let's start with you know you you pressing Alex on the on the injury question and the injury history that Sale has. Alex, you mentioned uh, that the medical guys felt good with it. When you look at it, like you you just talked about his twenty to twenty two, like why why did they feel so good about it? Like what were the things they told you that I, I guess maybe like why why can they expect him to be healthy? Well, no, look, they can't. No one can guarantee anything, right? So it's just it, it's a something that you either sign off on or you don't. But you realize any. I mean, when you acquire, there's risk, right? No one can guarantee health for anybody, you know? So, um, you know, we've had guys, so that's not, you know, at the end of the day, ultimately, um, you, you still, you're taking, you're, you're going to take on an element of risk, you know, and that's ultimately, that's for the front office to make that, that determination. So sometimes it works, sometimes it, 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 it does not. Um, we've had guys be injured before, and that's part of it, right? That's the reality of it. So, um but, you know, at the end of the day, when we factored everything in, um, it was a, a shot that we wanted to take. You know, we really like his ability. We love the makeup and the person and what he brings to our clubhouse. You now, you guys know that, that that's a big deal for us. Sale, you know, made nine straight starts to, to end the season from August to September. It's the last kind of four out of five uh, that, that have peak mattress that all made in September. Five innings pitched, no earned runs. Five strikeouts, four innings pitched, six earned runs, five strikeouts. That's not good. Six innings pitched, one earned run, 10 Ks. That's pretty good. Five innings pitched, three hits, no earned, seven strikeouts. That's good, too. Five innings pitched, three hits, one earned, two strikeouts. That's how we ended the season. How can the Braves kind of feel like that's going to be the person they're going to get, and how do they determine you know, how healthy he really is? Right, and that's why I asked Alex that question, right, is because – you know, it's. I'm interested in you know what the medical team saw in terms of why they thought you know they could keep him healthy, you know, or healthy enough to um, to keep him on the mound. Who knows? And like Alex is right, you always sign off on a certain amount of risk. It's just how much you know, how much is the risk, and what is it mitigated by? You know, like how do you mitigate it? And, and in this regard, I think that. Look, he's going to be going through a full offseason for the first time in quite some time, a regular offseason. He's already throwing bullpens. I mean, heck, like Chris Sale, you know, Alex said that Chris Sale asked him uh, when he can, you know, start throwing in the facility because he lives in Naples, Florida, about an hour and a half uh, 
you know, from Northport. Uh, and I think when we look at this deal, one prism I looked at it through was this. Uh, I mentioned that he did not need to be a frontline guy. Sometimes the Braves skip Charlie Morton in the rotation. Sometimes they give Charlie Morton an extra day. They give everybody an extra day. They build in extra days. That's what they do. But sometimes they're cautious with a guy like Charlie Morton, who is 40. Um, Chris Sale can be that sort of same thing, right? Because as we look at it right now, as things stand right now, they've got A.J. Smith-Shaver. They've got, you know, let's just assume Bryce Elder, A.J. Smith-Shaver win the fifth spot. So I'll just take those two out of it. They've got Alan Wines. They've got Darius Vines. Um, you know, they've got a whole host of basically, you know, Hurston Waldrop, if he debuts, like A.J. Smith-Shaver, Bryce Elder, whichever doesn't win that starting job, you know, the fifth spot. Eventually, Ian Anderson. Horsgar, you know, should be, you know, healthy for camp. The Braves probably have, I mean, eight to 10 guys that they would feel good about, you know, if not 11, making starts. And so there's a lot of opportunity to give Chris Sale necessary rest and have him ready for the postseason eventually. You got to make it there first, but you also have to see the season as a marathon and not a sprint. And so the Braves are really, I mean, accustomed. They're Everybody does it nowadays, but I think they're very, um, let's say, forward-thinking and very progressive in how they view the starting rotation in that regard. You know, they're not out here doing six-man rotations. They're not, you know, using swingmen all the time. But it's like they've got five starters, and they'll build in extra days for guys. They'll, like, have guys skip a bullpen. They'll skip a start. Like, they, they feel that stuff out very well because of the depth they do have in their organization. Now, I mean, who knows? Like, it may be Chris Sale is injured in the starts that he does make and the time that he's on the mound. Maybe that stuff doesn't matter. But I think that the Braves have, you know, they see it as he's got a full off season. They love him when he's on the mound. Uh, and to keep him there, they can do a lot toward that, whether it's, like I said, building an extra days, whether it's, you know, how often do you see Brian Snicker let Charlie Morton go eight innings or even seven innings sometimes? You know, sometimes Charlie just, you know, if he's had a tough four, you know, he only goes five. Um, and I think that's the way the Braves will treat Chris Sale. I think we can look at Charlie Morton, and they're not one and the same. Like Everybody's different. Uh, and the Braves will get to know Chris Sale. They'll get to learn him. But I think that viewing it through you know, that of, of how they've kept guys healthy, of how they've tried to give guys extra rest, and how they've kept guys fresh is probably where we should view this Chris Sale thing as much as anything. And I know that's a wild card based on his injury history since 2020, but... I mean, this is a guy who's been great when he's been on the mound. His metrics are, are kind of getting back up there, or at least what you can expect, you know, given the age and, and you know, the drop in performance, given age and, and things like that, and given the injuries he's had. But I think they've got a really good shot to keep this guy healthy, especially because, as I keep mentioning, they didn't really give up a lot, Jay. So you, you don't think the uh, this is the best the Braves could do for Vaughn Grissom one for one? along with the $17 million or whatever that came back to pay down this contract. Yeah, I no, I, and I totally see that. That's the other side of it, right? Is like, you look at it, Vaughn Grissom was the best position player prospect that was major league ready, at least, um, you know, that the Braves had. Basically, their best bullet, right? And, and I thought they would do a little better for it. I thought it would be like a more robust deal. But you have to consider this. I mean... The payroll is going to keep increasing, right? Like, for example, guys are just going to make more. The contracts are backloaded on the extensions they've done. 
Um, heck, the luxury tax figure, if Fangraphs is correct, is already up around the $277 million figure that gets your draft pick, knocked back 10 spots. Here's what trading Von Grissom did for the Braves. It allowed them to get Chris Sale basically for right now $500,000. They're going to be paying him $500,000 in 2024 um, because Chris Sale is due to make $27.5 million in 2024. Um, as it stands right now, as of you know when the trade happened, $10 million of that was going to be deferred. So that's what, $17.5 million. And then Boston sends over $17 million, which is not a low number, folks. That is a very big chunk of that contract. Um, and so the Braves are going to be paying Chris Sale $500,000. I think that's a steal if he stays relatively healthy. And here's why. I mean, here's why. I mean, you could even say that not only did they save that, but they're also saving about 240000 more uh, at least because Chris Sale will take one of the 26, you know, roster spots. Those 26 guys, you know, another guy on that 26-man roster who would have had that spot has to be paid that league minimum, 740000 Well, Chris Sale, because of, you know, Boston, the money Boston's sending, the Braves only need to pay him 500000 this year. And so they're saving a little bit more that they could use on their bench, they can use somewhere else. That's right now, that's as it stands. Um, and it's kind of hard to, to calculate, like, who pays, you know, the deferrals and things like that for the future. Um, so it's hard to calculate kind of that CBT hit, if you will. Uh, but that's where that's where Von Grissom comes in, right? Like, Von Grissom is the opportunity to acquire that $17 million to pay down Chris Sale's contract to get – a guy this year who, if he looks good, you can pay him the $20 million next year on his club option, just like he did Charlie Morton this year, um, and kind of work on that, have that better rotation this year. And plus, I think, I really, I wonder, I do wonder how much Vaughn alone could have fetched. Uh, and the reason I say that is because of this. I think he's a very talented infielder. Um, I think he's got a very, very bright future. I think the makeup's there, like, I think he's willing to learn. He's talented. He's athletic. He's got all of it. But as at this point, like he's had some defensive limitations that we've seen. Uh, for me, I don't know how much this matters to teams, but you know, or how much it mattered. But to me, like the exit velocity has been a, a little bit down in his time in the majors. Who knows how that, you know, plays in terms of developing more power and, and hitting the ball harder. Um, I just wonder what Vaughn actually could have fetched the Braves. Uh, and I mean, I, I think this one for one deal, yeah, like a lot of people would have expected to get a bigger name if Von Grissom was going to be in the deal, but Von Grissom is one guy with, yes, he has six years of control. Uh, yes, he's got upside, but he's one guy who hasn't, you know, he has not proven a ton. I think he's going to have a nice career, but I just think that there were, I think fans had maybe some unrealistic expectations of what he was going to bring back. And I think getting a good starter for now that you, you think maybe could be, you know, a guy you could pick up in the future, you know, the option. I, I think that's worth Vaughn Grissom uh, because you're working on now, especially because I don't think Vaughn had a spot uh, on this roster if things kept trending the way they were because Ozzy's there, RC is there. Um, who knows if they acquire another infielder ever, you know, for shortstop or let's just say, I don't know, you know, it's Vaughn did not have a clear defined place in the roster. So which rotation would you rather have? Freed, Strider, Morton, Sale, Elder, Yamamoto, Glasnow, Bueller, Miller, and some other guy for the five for the Dodgers. 
I mean, the Dodgers has more upside, has a higher ceiling, but I think the Braves have a higher floor, especially if you look at, you know, I don't know, you know, what's Bueller going to be? Um, is Miller going to, you know, are, are those Dodgers guys going to stay healthy? Like who knows what Yamamoto is at the major league level. Obviously, if a team is smart as the Dodgers was, you know, was willing to pay him that much, they think very highly of him. Um, they think he's going to be a stud. Uh, that's tough. I'm not sure. I I like knowing a little bit about what Freed Strider and uh, and Morton give you, especially because Glass now has been hurt uh, before and and has had injury issues. Uh, so I I personally am like that that lower risk. Like I would kind of rather know what you have a little bit, but. I don't know. Do do you know what you have with the Braves? Like I saw somebody had a tweet a couple of days ago, um, an X post. I don't want to get you know sued over that. That's it's it's X now, everybody. <laughs> um, they said that the Braves have this weird rotation because you could think both ways. Like either, oh my God, it's going to be incredible, or it could just blow up a little bit. You know, if injury. And I I think that's yeah. I mean, there's some sort of like seesaw there where it could go either way, but. If you could just bubble wrap these four guys and get them to October, like that would be fun. Yeah. And the Dodgers are thinking the same thing. Right, right, exactly. And I, I just don't know. Like I I need to see, you know, more from – I need to see what Bueller is when he comes back. I need to see what Miller continues to be. I need to see what Yamamoto is at the major league level. So right now I'm going to take – I mean, I like I like the Braves rotation right now because that top four is as good as you're going to get if guys pitch near their track records given their age and everything like that. Um but there's some seesaw, man. But isn't that baseball? Like, I, I just think that you can't, it's difficult to predict. But if you have that top four, you basically have eliminated, if those guys pitch well, you've eliminated the issue that has existed in the postseason the last two years, right? Game three. Um, and I think that's a big thing. Also, I think you've got more margin for error during the season, uh, having that top four. Um, and that's not to mention, like, I also really like what Chris Sale can be for the young guys. I really like what he can be for Spencer Strider. I like what he can even be for Max Fried, who's six years, yeah, six years younger than Chris Sale, I believe. Um, what he can be for you know, what he can be for Ian Anderson. Um, I like adding that fire and adding that presence um, and adding kind of that no BS attitude. Uh, I would take the Braves right now. It's very, very, very close. I just think, you know, Glassnow's had injury issues. I need to see Yamamoto at the big league level. I'm not saying I don't believe. I just need to see it. Um, and I, that floor, man, I think that that Dodgers rotation has a much lower floor than the Braves if things don't go well. All right, coming up, we'll look at the Braves offseason as a whole and uh, what could be left, plus some answers to your questions in the Ask Justin segment. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, so I, I know you don't like declaring a winner of the offseason, and, you know, right now the Mets currently have the, the defending champion banner there, and it didn't really <laughs> work out so well for them, but... For the Braves, let, let, let's answer. Let's ask the question this way: How well do you think they handled their shopping list that they had when October, uh, when we got done in October? Yeah, I mean, it depends. Are you asking me from what they probably prioritized, or from what most fans wanted? 
what they probably prioritized. Then I think it's probably a B plus because I do like re-signing Jimenez and Johnson. I love the Reynaldo Lopez signing. I absolutely love that signing. Um, and I think, look, like Kellenek's a nice upside bet. Uh, if he had all the money in the world, he probably would have gone elsewhere. If he had all the, you know, more prospects, you know, he probably could have turned out a different way. Um, maybe, you know, if that's where they wanted to go. I think it's good. I know it's going to get a lot of hate from a lot of people, but I think the hate it will get is from the people who saw an opening in left field and an opening in the rotation and needed a splash to be satisfied. Uh, this has not been overly splashy, but look, like, Jay, when the Braves won it all in 2021, what carried them in the postseason? Was that bullpen? Yeah, and, and you look at that, and you look at all the options. Iglesias, Ronaldo Lopez, Pierce Johnson, Joe Jimenez, A.J. Minter. When A.J. Minter, and, and this is just human error, when A.J. Minter is the fifth guy I mentioned because he hasn't been involved in the offseason directly, that's, that's a pretty good thing when you're talking about the bullpen. Uh, they're going to have Tyler Matzik. They're going to have Aaron Bummer. They're going to have Dylan Lee. Like, I I think that's a really, I think that's really, really big improvements uh, because the offense is so good that if you, you know, if, if the Braves are up two runs, like, it's going to be even tougher to beat them than it was before. Like, I think this is a better bullpen than they assembled last year, and I thought that was a good bullpen. Um, there's more velocity. There's more stuff. There are more options uh, for the late innings. I think that's a really, really good bullpen. Now, if you were a fan who saw the left field opening and the starting pitching opening and you wanted, like, Yamamoto and, I don't know, like, Teoscar Hernandez or, or somebody, like, maybe you're not as impressed. Like, maybe you're, you know, maybe you think, okay, that's a C- minus or it's a D or whatever. But I think that the Braves are already so good. They filled left field with an upside bet that also is going to save them a lot of money. Um, which they do need to worry about because guys' contracts are backloaded. The cash payroll is going to go up, uh, even though the luxury tax figure because of the AV on those contracts is already up. Um, I, I like what they did getting Chris Sale. I mean, Jay, so much of this is about the market, right? You look at what these starting pitchers got. That was so much of a driving factor in why the Braves exercised the Charlie Morton option for that $20 million. And you look at what starting pitchers have gotten, um, you know, even – even on shorter-term deals for guys who haven't been terrific over the last couple of years, like getting Chris Sale uh, and getting to Boston to pay $17 million of it and then Charlie Morton at $20 million, like I think that's awesome. So I, I, I honestly think it's a B plus. Like I think it, it could be better, but I, I don't like I think, there's, I think there's clearly a defined plan. I just don't think it's as straightforward as a lot of us saw it at the beginning of the offseason. I've noticed a trend uh, from the pitchers the Braves acquired or re-signed this offseason. Pierce Johnson, 12.2 strikeouts per nine innings. Joe Jimenez, 11.7. Reynaldo Lopez, the new guy, 11.3. Aaron Bummer, 12.0, and he had a terrible year. Ray Kerr, 11.7. Oh, and Chris Sale, even though he pitched 100 innings, 11.0. And Chris Sale is the all-time leader in that category in strikeouts per nine innings. That's not bad. No, no, not bad. It's uh, it's so funny that the, that baseball is so complex, but really when you boil it down, it is how can we keep the ball from not being on the ground or in the air? <laughs> and, and if you can, how can I throw it past that? Yeah, guy? not you, not hit it. Yeah, that 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 truly eliminates so many outcomes by just throwing it past that guy. I really, I think like they've 
that's why I like this offseason. Like I, I can I can buy in in that regard. Um, were some moves curious? Sure. Like when you trade Nicky Lopez, um, and you know, in, in that package, and you're, you're bringing back a guy like David Fletcher with a higher salary, and you made that move, and others because you needed you wanted to get Kellenic so bad, and Kellenic's relatively unproven. Like, yeah, like people are gonna ask questions. They're gonna wonder what's going on. They're gonna that string of moves that Alex made, you know, around the winter meetings. Like, people are gonna wonder. But let's not confuse the lack of straightforwardness for malpractice. I mean, just because Alex didn't go out and get Otani and Yamamoto doesn't mean that there's no direction uh, or no thought put into it. Look, like these guys, you know, the front office as a whole, they're working hard every day uh, on this roster and, and to make this team better. And I think that a lot of people will see it in terms of black and white. They will see point A to point B. But I think when you, you look at this, Jay, like I, I think so much we... I just go back to when you, me, Gabe, uh, and a couple others were sitting in that hotel conference room because it was too late to do a podcast anywhere else where we, you know, and we'd have noise complaints and we were talking about that game three loss. And what did we say? Like, it just seemed like the Braves offense was not getting going. As much as we talked about that, a big reason for it was the Phillies. Like, that bullpen was incredible. And I just look at the Braves having more velocity, having more stuff, having more strikeout capability on that pitching staff in that bullpen with this offense, that's going to pay dividends. And I think, so I think while the Braves could have had, you know, to this point, a splashier offseason, I don't, I don't think it's lack substance at all. I, I almost think it would be uninformed to believe it's lack substance. Like I would, you know, listen to that argument, but I just, I almost think that it, it's been very substantive. Like, and I, I would prefer that over flash because as we see, like, who you know winning the winter doesn't win games and that's not to say the Dodgers won't be terrific I see the Dodgers and the Mets of old and in a different ilk but I just you know and the Dodgers and the Padres in a different ilk but I just think that the Braves have never been predicated on winning the winter like Alex has talked time and again about you know the times he you know the time he did win the winter and what that did for him and how that didn't do anything for him uh I think there's a lot of substance here man and I that's that's why I think B plus for sure all right, now time for the Ask Justin segment. It's time for the people to speak. And Justin, where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter, slash X, slash not as get us sued. <laughs> Justin C. Toscano. All right, from K. Joe Hudson. How do you see the Braves filling out their bench? Seems like that's the only place that needs to be added to. Yeah, yeah. Um, couple outfielders I don't know maybe you know maybe a power bat uh in terms of you know not a proven guy but maybe a you know a wild card and a guy if they feel like they need a righty or lefty um a couple outfielders maybe an infielder um I think you know I I just and obviously you know Darno is going to be we can call Darno or Murphy whoever doesn't catch uh one of them so I think uh I, I think it'll be relatively you know it's going to be low cost I would think i mean that's just an assumption um and that's not knocking the braves it's just saying you don't need to spend a ton on that um but i i would think that you know a couple outfielders a couple veteran presences um guys on non you know non-roster invitees uh invitee types perhaps um but they definitely need you know another outfielder or two uh and you know maybe an, an infielder uh but it's you know we probably should mention that if they run it back like they did, you know, they have in the past, those regulars are going to be playing a lot. So those bench guys often do not with the 26-man, you know, roster and then the DH. So 
uh, really that's become, you know, almost less important until injuries occur. From uh, Justin Reeves, we're close to another luxury tax threshold. Do we have enough for a veteran guy like a Pilar or Duvall? Well, those guys are totally different. Like Duvall, I think, would cost more uh, based on the track record. Uh, Pilar, for example, made $3 million in the majors last year. I believe it was uh, because he was on the major league roster the entire season. Um, and so right now, as I mentioned before, Fangraphs, Jay has the Braves at almost $276 million. 277 would be where their draft pick, their first round pick, unless it were in the top six, which it will not be because they're going to be good. Um, would they, that would, that pick would be 10 spots below uh, where it is. I, I don't know that they have a ton of wiggle room in terms of paying a guy, you know, six, seven million a year, because think about it. Like they didn't want to tie up money at the beginning of the off season. They didn't pay, you know, Eddie Rosario, the 9 million. That was more about tying up money, but just looking at what they've done this offseason, they've probably done a lot of the heavy lifting. I think it would be more like veterans like Pilar. Yeah, or like, you know, guys um, that they identify that could make an impact. Uh, um, because I, I don't think there's a, a ton of wiggle room into, unless money is coming off the books in a way we don't see right now. Next up from Straight Stats MLB. Why is there little to no ready quality hitting depth? Now that Grissom is gone, there's no insurance policy when Albies misses another 35 to 40 games. Where's the depth when Kelnick's head is spinning or his OPB is sub 310? Who is the DH when Ozuna decides to go MIA for a few weeks? Yeah, yeah, all fair. I, th I think, look, I think the, the offseason is another, what, we're here January 2nd month and a week or two. And you can even keep doing things in spring training. The Braves, they're they're gonna field a good team. They're gonna build out a bench. Um, right now, like I do think the other, I do think the other part of that question is like, who's the next bat coming out of the organization? Right, right. I know that's that's the one thing. I mean, do you have? I mean, Luis Juanipa, um, the top international signing last year. I'm excited to follow his progress. David McCabe. I think I'm trying to think. I think David McCabe might be the top hitter in the organization now depending on who you would ask or uh, which scouts or you know with the the evaluators eye on that um he's a kind of a third baseman first baseman but they've been letting him play third uh and that kind of that transition was going you know that the reps and the practice was going pretty pretty well the development was going you know reasonably well last year um based on all accounts and and so yeah i know like i they don't they don't have a ton of like they'll have upper minor depth because that's not difficult to acquire like but you know and they've already signed some of it but i mean david fletcher uh is going to be relied upon that's a guy who once had a, a very big breakout year with uh, anaheim and looked to have a very bright future you know still could um and they'll have like a kevin pilar type i would assume sam hilliard type like those are usually the guys you use to fill out your bench uh, and in this case i think alex will be very creative with that um but you know who who knows? I mean, it's like I, you don't um, – they'll, they'll fill it out the next month or so. But I do, I do think those are fair questions. And to the DH one, the other catcher I think would be a, you know, I don't know if – I guess there's a world in which Sean Murphy, Travis Darno, and Marcelo Ozuna aren't hitting. But, you know, you've, got, you've always got the other catcher. Um, 
And I mean, I, I just think that the Braves, have, they've got offensive firepower. I think they will be fine. But yes, a bench is important. So they've got to do that. From Jay Hall, does the sale addition influence the plan to stretch Lopez out during the spring to see if he could start? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. The, all along, Alex has maintained that, um, that you know, Lopez, when the winter uh, preparing as a starter, um, that the Braves could stretch him out. So they could follow through on that. I think he's probably, I mean, if you given all the options they have and the depth they have, especially if they sign one more starter, like a you know lower-tier starter or something like that for added depth, I think Ronaldo Lopez is probably better served in the bullpen right now um, because of that Chris Sale addition. But, I mean, yeah, sure, they certainly, they certainly could stretch him out because I don't think that would have a detriment to him because, I mean, he's always going to be a power reliever, good laden guy. Like, he's going to have that stuff. Um, his stuff is better now than it was back then when he was a starter. I, so I think I don't think that's a detriment to him, but at this point, like I'm, I'm not sure if the Braves are going to need to do that. Last one from Braves Dad. Considering what happened to the free agent pitching market this year, does this change the outlook for the Braves extending Freed? I always assume he would be a Dodger, but that seems less likely now. Yeah, I mean, if you consider, let's say Max has a good year, he's going to get a hefty deal, man. Um, and I think. The Dodgers, having done Glass now, having done Otani, having done Yamamoto, like, who knows what they would be willing to do? Like, maybe Freed is the next step in that. Maybe, you know, they, they've they always eyed him. Who knows? Maybe they, they've always eyed him and they, you know, they're planning on that. But I, maybe it does from the, the standpoint of Freed, perhaps, I don't want to say taking less. I don't, I don't think that would happen because, he, you know, he, Max deserves to get his full value or what he believes it to be uh, deserved. But I just mean like in terms of influencing his market, sure, maybe it takes the, the Dodgers out of position for him. But I, I he's still going to get a lot of money. There are teams who still need starting pitching. He He's a top starting pitcher. He could be the top starting pitcher on the market next year if you consider that the Yankees have an, uh, have an opt-in to Garrett Cole. So they, they can just opt in and likely would, um, barring anything ridiculously unforeseen. So Max is going to have a market, um, you know, look like I think, you know, it seems like, you know, they had conversations at the before last season, uh, the Braves and Max did. They eventually those kind of fizzled. Um, so obviously, you know, you can glean that there was in, there was interest from both sides uh, there because I think, you know, offers were exchanged. Um, but the Braves have always gone to the number that they're comfortable with and they're not going to go over. They're not going to make themselves uncomfortable. And so you have to factor that in. Uh, and Max Fried, on the other hand, like Max has earned the right to get his full value. So I, I think based on what we've seen from the starting pitching market, particularly the likes of a guy like Sonny Gray this year, Taiwan Walker last year, and how much those guys have made, I think Max is still set up to get a lot from some team that's willing to spend. All right, here's the good news. Braves Fest is in less than four weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's coming up quick. I mean, the, the calendar hits January, and uh, it's 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 kind of full steam ahead. And um, yeah, there's going to be a lot to watch for. You know, the, are the Braves going to be? You know, they should be World Series favorites uh, again, or close to it. Um, maybe they extend Max this year. You know, before free agency. Like, may, there's so much really to watch this year. It's going to be. It's going to be exciting, my friend, and uh, we'll we'll have it all. And I assume before too long, we'll we'll be on again, kind of, and we'll be even closer to that season, probably with report dates. 
Yep, it's uh, it, it's not too far away. So until then, uh, you know, go ahead and tell your friends, tell your enemies. We got a pretty good show here. We'll be back if uh, anything major pops loose. And uh, until then, this is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart.